0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org. oc so God, uh, God is good. Who brought their Bible with them? Open your Bibles and let's, uh, let's have a look at this. And uh, let's, let's jump to, I thought it might be good for us to have a look at a portion of the Christmas story. And uh, we're going to read it. Um, wave at me if you were here last week okay last week um, we did a um, I did a sermon that we entitled I need help how many of you need help my hands raised and uh, and that's okay because God gave us the helper and for a church as as a church for the last I, I think it's been must be like seven or eight weeks now, we've been sort of discussing a little bit the topic of our purpose in God and what God has called us to do. And so um, we began um, a little, I guess it's like a little subject within a series on the role of the Holy Spirit in regard to our purpose in God. That if, if God has given us a purpose, then, then his purpose um, requires his help. And so his help comes by the form of the helper. And so, so we looked at that um, last week, the role of the helper in our life. And so we're sort of going to continue in that theme. And uh, this, uh, this beginning of this sort of little Christmas story helps, helps us begin to look at another aspect of how the Holy Spirit can help us. Are you ready? You sure? You don't sound ready. You sound like you're half asleep. Are you ready? Let's go. And having come in, Luke chapter 1 and verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered, what are you talking about? It's not what it says, but that's how I read it. Then the angel said to her, don't be afraid because you found favour with God behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He's going to be great. He's going to be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him a throne, the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, of his kingdom, there will be no end. This sounds like a pretty big assignment, doesn't it? This was happened here, Mary, just a just a teenager. An angel has rocked up and started to give her a pretty big assignment. You found favor. You're going to conceive a son. I know you're a virgin, but you're going to conceive a son. By the way, it's the Holy Spirit is going to put it in you. You're going to conceive a son. He's going to be called Jesus. He's pretty much going to change the whole entire world. Don't worry, Mary. No pressure. But the rest of mankind's salvation rests upon what's going to come out of you. This was God's purpose upon her life. And so let's look at what Mary says. I love it. I love her response. Verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, let's all say this next word together. How? That's a good response, isn't it? That's a good response. She says, how are we going to do this? What, are you kidding me? You, Jesus, Son of God, throne of David, high, most high, all of this stuff. I'm just a kid. How? How are we, we going to do this? And so the angel goes on and the angel says, in verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, say upon. upon, upon you, and the power, say power of the highest will overshadow you. How am I gonna do it? The Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you and is gonna give you power to perform the purpose that God has put upon your life. How are you going to do it? The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and give you power. Now, if you were here last week, you would remember that last week we talked about the Holy Spirit as our helper, Remember, I started last week with a statement that if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have, remember we said it out of our mouth and we we said it and we claimed it and we believed it, that I have within me the Holy Spirit. So Ben, what are you talking about? You told me last week that I had the Holy Spirit in me, but this week you're talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon me. What I want to do today is I want to talk to you about a secondary function of the same Holy Spirit being activated in your life. It's it's a secondary role. Same Spirit, different role. Same Spirit, different function. Same Spirit. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit's help by way of guidance and direction from within us. But now we're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit's help by way of power that comes upon us. Are you with me? It's really important that we understand, that we understand what it is that we're asking God for. I think if there's ever been anything within the church that has been uh, misused, uh, mistreated, and misunderstood has been the power of the Holy Spirit. We've, it, it's been misused in, in so many different ways that at times people will leave churches, churches will be divided, people will go off all different wild, crazy directions, some will shut themselves off to the Holy Spirit, using them completely. Some will see it as this weird sort of cosmic sort of force that they don't understand, so they want nothing to do with. But I want to, I want to teach you today and help you to understand that the Holy Spirit's power, not just the help within you, but His power upon you, is something that not only do you need, to do what God has called you to do, I want to today. I want to get you to a place as well where you don't just see that you need it, where you actually walk out wanting it, wanting it. It's really a, an interesting concept because when we get saved, we receive Jesus Christ. But outside of Jesus, there's nothing else that needs to be done. That's why Jesus said on the cross, "Is finished. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for each and every one of us. So in my mind, as I, when I first started looking at this whole idea of the Holy Spirit coming upon me, I found it difficult in my understanding because in a sense that seemed to me like that there was something else that needed to happen that, that, that Jesus hadn't done yet. Because remember, we talked about the fact that Jesus is in me and because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in me. So I wrestled with this terminology that really is not just found in the Christmas story. If you look all through the book of Acts, you'll see the same wording. In fact, Acts 1 and verse 8, it says the Holy Spirit came upon them and gave them power. All through the book of Acts, you'll see it multiple times. Those two words come up where the Holy Spirit comes upon them and gives them power. So I, was, I always wrestled with the idea that there's something else that needs to, to happen that I don't, in a sense, for lack of a better sort of term, but I don't get in Jesus. I remember Charest and I at times Pre-COVID, we'd had these moments um, where we'd come up with a horrible idea and it's to take our two kids that at the time are two and three to Disneyland. I've got a confession to make and I know you're going to hate me for it and call me a little killjoy. I don't like Disney. (laughs) I really don't. I'm sorry. I know many of you are going to leave and never come back. I broke your heart. I just don't like Disney. Disney. I just don't, I've tried, I've asked the Lord to help me like it. I know they're all very friendly and are supposed to be the happiest place on earth. But for me, it's the most miserable and the most expensive. I don't like Disney. I I just don't like it. We go to Disney and we take our two kids, two and three, to Disney and you get to Disney. I just don't like it. I can find big crowds, screaming kids, bad food and worse coffee somewhere else for a lot cheaper then Disney, I'm sorry, I know all of you look at me, you're so offended. I just don't. And of course, when I say that to people, I say that to parents, and you know, in conversation, we'll be talking, and I'll say to people, I don't like Disney, and people always look at me and say, it's not for you, it's for your kids. And you know what I say? Shut up. Because I I have I have this belief that somehow. I don't know how they've done it. One day I'm going to work it out. But somehow Disney has managed to convince my kids that they like Disney, but they don't like Disney either. <laughs> they don't. Some Tinkerbell has done some sort of spell on my kids to make them think that they like Disney. But I know they don't. I have never seen my kids cry, scream, misbehave more or have bigger tantrums anywhere on the planet than at Disneyland. Come on, parents, preach back at me. You know I'm speaking truth. But we do it anyway. We do it anyway. So Cressa and I get the kids in, we go to Disneyland and we get to Disneyland and we get to the front gate and it takes forever and you get there and the kids are screaming and Leah wants food and Luca needs a nap and Cressa wants a coffee and I need a vacation. And at that moment, often I'll look at Cressa and I'll say as a desperate man, crying out for my innermost being and I'll say, babe, why do we do this? And she always looks at me and says, because it's fun. Because it's fun. But the thing about Disney, we'll get there and you get to the gate and I'll give them my card and they will swap my card and remove from my account an exorbitant amount of money and then we will walk in, me, Caressa, and the two kids. Once I'm in the gate, once I've paid the price, there are numbers. As much as I hate it, I have to admit it. There are numbers of activities to be a part of that this there's rides, there's, there's, you can watch shows. There's numbers of attractions and amusements and it's all available to me on various different levels and there's the little Mickey Mouse section and there's the little Toy Story section and then there's this section over here and this over here and it's all available to me, all available because of the one price. That I paid. Jesus refers to himself, and Jesus says, I am the door. He says, I am the way. But for too many Christians, we enter into salvation and it's almost like we walk through the gates of Disney and we stand there just on the other side of the gate and we stand there and we say, wow, Jesus is great and He is great and He did pay the price. But the problem is we stand just on the other side of the gate and we think this is all there is. But I want to encourage you and I want to tell you that there is more available for you, listen to me, if you want it. If you want it. So what we did last week, last week, we talked about how, how the Holy Spirit is my helper. Can I take you, can I get out my little Disney map right now and show you, show you another another aspect of how the Holy Spirit wants to help you. It's not earned, it's received through the price that was paid, which is Jesus. But you've got to make the decision. Do you really want it? For me, once I get into Disney, as much as I hate it because the price is so great, I want every stinking thing out of that miserable place that I can possibly get. I'm gonna visit every single attraction, go in every ride, every line, because I wanna walk away knowing I got every single thing that I could. And I wanna encourage you that today we're gonna talk about Something that's available through Jesus if you want it. And I'm going to show you, not only, not only does it have to be something that you want, it's got to be something that you recognise that you need. And you recognise that you need, it, it's also got to be something that you, that you want. It's really good for us to lay these things out. I know many of you... And that's why I'm taking time in regard to to sharing about the Holy Spirit because I think it's really important. I think it's really important. Because the goal when it comes to things within the kingdom of God, the goal is what we call revelation. Revelation where it it just lights up. But often the way in which people Get to a point of revelation. Dependent on the individual, can be different. Some people will get to revelation just through insight. They'll just some people you're just wired that way, and and, and you'll hear a preacher preach, or you read your word, or you'll be in a moment of worship or doing something, and you it'll it'll just light up, and you'll just get it. Some people get it like that through insight. Others. Others don't get it like that. Others get it by way of understanding. By way of understanding, understanding is is information. And the problem is, in the in the Pentecostal charismatic church world, we have frowned upon people that get to revelation by way of understanding. Because we think that understanding and information doesn't require faith. Two different vehicles one is insight that'll just get, the other is understanding. Two different vehicles, both have to be fueled by faith, but you'll get to revelation eventually. But what we have to do is we have to recognize that different people will take a different journey. And we have to let the church know that that is okay. And why am I saying this? Because as we look at Mary's response, this is what Mary was saying. When Mary looked at the angel, and she said to the angel, "How?" Mary didn't lack faith. She just lacked understanding. Mary didn't say, "Oh, you've got to be kidding me! Oh, that's that's ridiculous." I don't believe that. She didn't dismiss it. She had the faith for it. She just wanted to know how. How are we going to do this? And I think it's so important that we allow people in the church to understand and let people, I'm sorry, understand that it's actually okay to ask how. How? It's okay that there are things within the kingdom of God that you don't get. It's okay to to understand, to, to get to a place where there are things that you don't understand about God. But we have to, as a church and as a community, create space and an environment for people where it's okay to ask God, How? How? It's not that it's it's not it's not bad to have questions. The problem is is we have not for too long the church has not allowed people the, the given people the permission to ask any questions, and so essentially it causes doubt and unbelief in people's hearts, and then when tough times hit, they walk away because they never got answers. So we have to let people know that it's okay to ask how. The the issue is not asking the question, it's where you take the question to. And so Mary, Mary says this and she says, she says, how am I gonna do it? How am I gonna do what it is that you've called me to do? Last week, if you weren't here, we... We began to sort of, I guess, un- we unwrapped. We tried to, as best we could, identify the reality of, of what many of us are dealing with in our lives. And, and if you were not here last week, and, and i got different people up on stage, that represented challenges and aspects of our life that we find difficult or things that we're walking through. And, and I talked about the Holy Spirit's help the helper that is in us, that actually guides and directs us and shows us and tells us the truth. Remember that one? He tells us what to do. And there's a great verse where Jesus, a great story rather, where Jesus, he has this conversation with a woman, a Samaritan woman by a well. The Samaritan woman is unsaved and he's describing what it is to be saved. And the way in which he describes it is he actually talks about himself as being like water. And what he does is he says to her, If anybody comes to me, Jesus speaking of himself, the two of the representations regarding the Holy Spirit in Scripture are both fire and water. And so when Jesus is talking to this, this girl, he says, Listen, when you get saved, essentially, he says, When you get saved and you receive the water that I give, he says, this water, it will come in. And he says, it will, I will come into you. And he says, you'll never thirst. And, and, and essentially, when you look at it, you understand and see that what he's speaking about is salvation. And in that conversation, he's not just referring to a salvation that sets us sets us up for an eternity in heaven. But he's talking about the, the power of the Holy Spirit from last week, the helper that, that, that actually comes in us. And he refers to it like water. So I got saved. And, and I, get, I get Jesus inside of me. Ah, oh, it's good. Because I needed, I needed something. I needed something. I needed the help. And so as, as, as the help gets in me, it starts to refresh me. My physical body, it starts to refresh my physical body. It starts to nourish my physical body because the water's good. The water's the Holy Spirit. And remember last week, remember last week, we started walking through and we started talking about, remember we talked about some of the, the issues that we're facing and the challenges. We talked about family, remember that? And some of you had to make sure you were looking straight so you weren't looking at anybody that was in your family that was causing the issues that we were referring to. And, and, and we started to walk through different things. We talked about marriage and how marriage doesn't... We thought it was just going to show up on himself, but marriage, when we got married, it seemed to trigger all of this stuff inside of me. It triggered pride and it triggered selfishness. It triggered insecurity. So when I thought I was dealing with marriage, now I'm dealing with all these other things that showed up with marriage that I never invited. They just came, came in with marriage. And so as we walk it through, each one of these things is like... The Holy Spirit, we talked about... How the Holy Spirit helps me because He speaks to me God's will. He speaks to me God's word, and He tells me what to do. He tells me what things in my life that I need to get rid of. Do you remember that? And we little bit by little bit, it was, you know, it was a fun little sermon. We just, you know, remember, I just sort of, we just sort of walked across, and I'm doing this on purpose because I want to hit something. It looked so easy, didn't it, last week? If you were here, remember, it was we just systematically, little bit by little bit, just get the Word and you say the Word, Remember, so we talked about some of these things that are in our life and things that we're dealing with and I just said up here, I got up here and I just painted it simply and, and, and laid it out for you that the Holy Spirit will tell you God's word and as you obey it and you believe it, things in your life, remember, will start to get in order. Now, as simple as it was, the reality is that there are things in our life that have a firmer grip than we realised. Let me, let me just get down to where you are. Many of you, when I was up here last week and I was talking about your past... And I just, I just said it. It's not that there's not power in the Word. There's absolutely power in the Word. But I just said, reminded you that you're set free from your past through the blood of Jesus Christ. So you speak that Word. And remember, remember I, just, I told the past, the person up here that represented the past, I spoke the Word of God to the past and the past just had to walk off stage. How many of you, don't raise your hands, how many of you have really found, if you were to be real honest, that it's actually not as easy as that. It's not. I wish we could have finished last week. We could have moved on. I could have got baby Jesus in a manger up here and done a Christmas play. But I would rather set you free than entertain you. Okay, it's not, listen, it's not. So can we take last week to another level? Is it all right? I'm going to do it anyway, let's be honest. Let's, let's get our Holy Spirit. Let's Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, here he is, Pastor Jake. He's the Holy Spirit. Give it up for Pastor Jake. The poor, Not yet, not yet. Let's put that down. The poor guy has been walking around as the Holy Spirit for the last three weeks. So the Holy Spirit in my life, um, wearing his um, COVID mask because he's... Um, submitted to authority <laughs> Jesus help us listen listen don't email me I love you listen <laughs> Holy Spirit remember he's my help but there were things in our life that actually run deeper than even what we talked about last week there are there are things that, that we discussed, we talked about, because I want you to understand the power of the Holy Spirit to set you free. So, so let's really quick, let's just hit family again. Where's family? Come up real quick. And family brings with him friends, member that we didn't want. So family is an aspect of our life that is kingdom. But who's coming with family? Come up with family. So come over here, family. Oh, issues, bro. And family... It's not as simple as family, is it? Remember? Remember? Triggers. It's going to pop up at Christmas time. You can't avoid it because family doesn't just bring with it family. Family, comes often at times, comes with, with, with family. I thought I was getting family. Family can bring up pain, right? And, and, and that pain is attached at times to hurt. And that hurt, the truth is, doesn't leave as simple as the illustration demonstrated last week. I've found in my life, it doesn't just go that easy. And some of you heard the sermon and you thought it was cool and it understood you, but there was a part of you that walked away a little bit discouraged thinking, the real thing you're thinking is, Ben, I've tried that and it didn't work. Now, I want to show you, it's not that there's not the power in the Word. There's power in the Word, but there's a way to apply it that can affect a bigger result if it's needed because family can have pain. I want pain. I want you to grab a hold of his arm right there. Just hook onto him and then let go. And you do the same to him and you do the same. Luckily that you're all masked. And so, you know, we pray. And so... The problem is, at times, when I try and move rejection, stay, stay, I want rejection to go, but the problem is rejection has a grip. Okay, so when I say, Holy Spirit, remember, Holy Spirit in me, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me, help me, Holy Spirit. And so we get a verse, whom the Son sets free. It's free indeed. I want to be free. I want to be free from the hurt, but the hurt won't go. She's got a grip. She's got a grip. And then I want to get rid of the pain, but the pain won't go. She's got a grip. And this is where, where so many of us, but it's not even as simple as that. Let's quickly get the rest. Let's get study and let's get, let's get marriage and let's, get, let's set this thing up real quick because I want to show you something that I think is going to help you. And we talked about study and study comes with it. It's not as simple. For many of you, study, it's, it's the study, that the challenges link to your studies and, and everything that you want to do with your life. Fear has actually, fear is not just something that leaves. So look at all of these things. So fear, grip onto study, and anxiety, grip onto fear. And passes over here. Wow, we've got lots of issues. Let's go. Okay. Studies, fear, and fear, anxiety, grip, grip, get We're painting the picture. Remember, we're picking up from last week because what I want to do is I want to help you get free. I want to help you get free because this is what we were trying to do last week. And the helper will help, but the helper has different functions. Remember, the Holy Spirit in me and he speaks to me. And it's water, it's like life, and he... He tells me all of these things and so I try and do them. But, but see, 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 there's things in my life. Some of you, we didn't talk about this bad boy last week, but some of you was holding your back, you back from your purpose is the hold and the presence of willful sin. Listen, I know we don't want to talk about sin in 2020 because it's not fun. It would be easier for me to just talk about how to be a good leader and how to be a nice person. But some of us are screwed up. And we're messing up. And you know what sin? Sin doesn't show up in your life by itself. Sin will often bring with it shame, get a, get a Get a hold on there. And, and, and guilt, get a hold on there. Link in there. And then sin, because sin is a choice. Sin is a choice, and if I continue to make the same choice, it becomes a pattern. And then when I continue to follow the pattern, the pattern becomes a stronghold, a stronghold. So now it started with sin, it led to shame, it led to guilt. Now the sin has become an addiction. Link on right there. And some of these jokers, trauma. Some of you, when I told pain to leave the stage last week, it was real nice. I just said, just go because I'm free in Jesus' name. And remember pain? Remember she was pain? And she just walked nicely across the stage. But some of you sit there and watch that last week, and in your heart, you thought to yourself, I wish it was that easy. I wish it was that easy. So I want to help you understand not just the helper that guides you because He's in you. But I want to help you understand the helper who puts power, power on you. Because if you think that you're going to walk in your purpose and get the level of freedom that God wants you to walk in without power, you are kidding yourself. And you will go in a cycle of just trying so hard to say, Lord, just will you just, please, Lord, would you just give me just a little bit of, just a little bit of help, a little bit of help. And we tell people and we say, listen, just keep, just keep drinking a little bit of Jesus. And listen to me, I'm not belittling the power of Jesus, but I'm telling you that there is more once you walk through the gate. And we tell people, just get a little bit, and just listen, just come back to church. Come back to church and take a little bit of Jesus. And we're sending people out and they're just as bound and broken as they were when they came. And it's not because the Word doesn't have it, but it's that we don't know how to apply it with Power power. Listen, this was what separated when Jesus got up and He preached His first sermon. Do you know that He spoke from the same scrolls? It was the same Word of God that the Pharisees had been speaking from. But Jesus got up and they looked at Jesus and there was something different. It wasn't about the power not being in the Word, but it was the authority and the power that was upon Jesus that applied it in such a way that set people free. Set people free. Where's the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit. Because remember, Remember this, remember this, the water, this is the help. The water helps. The water's the Holy Spirit. The water's the Word. It helps me. Holy Spirit, go, go get me, go, go get me something. Are you still with me? Okay. So what I need is, so the, so the answer is, okay, so the question is, okay, what do I need? I don't need a different Holy Spirit. I just need the same Holy Spirit executed in a different way. Are you with me? Let's get this. You guys stay right, stand right where you are. Just stand right there. Come over here, Holy Spirit. Listen, listen, listen. Just hold that for me. Hold that. Same source. Okay? Same substance. Different application. Okay? This is got in it, it's the same thing, just applied. One, guidance. The other, power. Where are you getting, where are you staying bound? It's not because the word doesn't work, but it is because there's a way in which you can apply the word to your situation. That's not going to ask it to leave, but it's going to make it leave. i going to help you. So stand there, stand there, all of you. So what I do is I go to the Holy Spirit and I say, Holy Spirit, I can't do this on my own. I say, Holy Spirit, I know the Word and I've got the Word, but I'm lacking power to apply the Word in my life in such a way that brings about change. I need your help. I need you to put something on me. All right, let's load me up. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. we ready? All right, guys. Are you guys good back there? Don't move. Don't move. Now listen, listen. Hold that. Holy Spirit. Stand there. Listen. Don't move, don't move, don't move. You all look really nice, by the way. Your outfits look great. (laughs) Remember how I tried to get trauma and guilt? Link, 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 link. Remember how I tried to pull him away and he wouldn't go? But if I applied power, <laughs> this joke has got no choice. It's the same substance, it's just applied in a different way. It's power. That's what you need. It's not a different Jesus. It's Jesus applied with power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said to the disciples, remember the first week he said to them, just wait, just wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit because there's going to be some crap come up in your life that you're going to come up against, that you're going to have to deal with, that you're not going to be able to deal with on your own just by speaking a little sermon and just singing a little kumbaya and then just walking away pretending you're free. You're going to have to know how to apply the Word of God with power. Don't worry, guys, I'm not going to do it to you. (laughs) But this right here is what it looks like to live your life carrying the power of God because what happens is the power of God comes upon you for a purpose. It doesn't come, uh, because I understand that this power doesn't, I use it for a purpose, but it belongs to Him. And I, and I say, God, would you put your Power, would you put your anointing upon me to do what it is that you've called me to do? The level of freedom that God has for each and every one of us, this type of freedom is impossible without power. Power, and it'll get applied. It can be applied in different forms. One of the gifts of the Spirit is wisdom. God, Listen, God will anoint people in your life, man, with a wisdom that when you come up against things like unforgiveness. See, the thing about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, it's powerful in spirit, but is gentle in nature. It's powerful in spirit, but is gentle in nature and and if you have unforgiveness if you have deep rooted Pain if you have hurt, if you have things that you're trying to walk through, as you begin to ask the Holy Spirit and you get in community around you, God will sometimes anoint people around you with the power of Holy Spirit to provide a wisdom and a counsel in a way that is gentle, that will set you free. So get let's get rid of some of this stuff. Goodbye. Love you. And little bit by little bit it's walking. I want you to see that the power of God is bigger than just you feeling something in a service. It's bigger. That's why he says, that's why the Word of God says, "Confess, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Sin sounds like this big, dark, weird religious word. Really, it means confess anything to one another that might separate you from God. God will put people in your life that will apply power to your life. That's what some of you need. You need power to be applied to this addiction. You need power to be applied to the shame. You need power to be applied to to the guilt to get rid of the stronghold. I'm not talking about natural battles. I'm talking about battles that happen in the spirit but you won't win any spirit battle without a source that is connected to a power of God in our life. So how? How do I do it? Stay here, Jay. All you guys, you you go. I'm not gonna spray you, I promise. Stay up here, Jay. But real quick, keys come on. I wanna just bring it home real quick. So what I want you to understand is this next level of the Holy Spirit that deals with not just his help through guidance in me, but his help through power that is on me. So I think most of us would, would, would see this and, and we would look at all these things and of course we don't have time but we could go through each one of these things on multiple levels and we could talk through the hold, the grip that some of this stuff has on our life. The Bible talks about fear and he says that God has not given me a spirit of fear. An emotion of fear is not bad. An emotion of fear keeps you alert, helps you respond quickly. Helps you be aware of, of, of perhaps dangerous things that are around you, but there's a moment in which an emotion can shift and become a spirit that keeps you bound, that you cannot get free of. Past, addictions. What about, for some of you, when we talked about work and the stress of work, that that stress is connected to a, a lack. Or you, you can even go and say, there's almost like a poverty mindset that stops you, seems to keep you bound and, and hold you back from living a life that is blessed. And you're trying to do the best you can with it. What do you like? You need, you need power. So I want you to write down three quick things. I'm going to close. Three quick things. How do I... So, if this is the analogy, how do I do I do it? How do I do it? The first thing that I want you to write down is it has to be something, it has to be something that I want. So, the question I guess to ask yourself is do I want it? Because this speaks to our desire. Is there something that you really want? Is this level of freedom? Because this is so important because when we can really get free, he, 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 freedom allows a, a, a cleaner flow, flow of God, not just what God is doing. Right now we're talking about what He wants to do in us, put on us, but then we get to talk about what He wants to do through us. So the question that we have to ask is, do I really, do I really want it? Do I want his, his power on my life? Do I want the power of the Holy Spirit? Do I want to carry? Do I, do I want to carry the power of God upon my life to walk in freedom? To activate my purpose? Do I want it? Second thing, real quickly, I want you to write down, and this is really important. Do I, do I believe it? Do I want it? Do I believe it? The first one speaks of desire. The second one speaks of faith. Do I believe it? When Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit in Acts, He referred to Him as the promise of the Father. To activate any promise requires faith. So do I believe it? Do I believe that God could truly through His power and the power of the Holy Spirit, living and active in, through and upon my life, that could truly set me free and then use me to set others free? Do I want that? Is it something that I want? Is it something that I believe? I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that will supernaturally come upon people and equip people for a good work. I believe in it. I believe in the supernatural power of God, that if it's something that we want and it's something that we believe, that it can come upon us in a way that will equip us not to do natural things, but to do supernatural things, to live on a level of freedom that is supernatural. Where things that you've gone through should bind you and keep you held, but they just don't because of the power of God. And the third thing that I want you to write down first is one, do I want it? Two, do I believe it? And three, the third one speaks to our state of humility where we say, ask myself, do, do I know that I need it? Do I know that I need it? Do I know that I'm at this place where I say, God, I, I cannot. I cannot do this without you. I cannot live free. I cannot beat this addiction. I cannot do the job that you've called me. I cannot fulfill this purpose. I cannot live in this freedom. I cannot parent. I cannot husband. I cannot be the wife. I cannot be the mom. I cannot do it without your power. It's a humility in our heart that says, God, I just, God, I need you. Because you've put something in me. You've given me a purpose that's so greater than who I am. I can't do it on myself. I'm gifted. I've got abilities. I know there's certain things I can do. But I might not know that my purpose is so far beyond that. I cannot do it in my own strength. I need your power on me that equips me. As I come to a close just real quick. Thanks, brother. Is there something we want? Is there something we need? Is there something we believe? God wants His church. God wants to equip His church, His people with power. He wants to put it on us. That's how we make a difference. That's how we live a life of freedom. It's by the power of God. It's Listen, it's another level. Listen, I want to tell you this. There's more in the theme park. There's a whole nother world available to you through the power of God Almighty that you were created for. You were designed to carry the power of God to walk free and to set others free. It was all—it's It's all through, it's all through the Bible. But we don't preach enough because we feel like it's weird and it's been preached in a way that, to be honest, at times has been weird. And people have done stupid things and called it the power of God. He wants to get on you. He wants to clothe you with a power and an authority that when you pray. Listen, there there will be there can be if you want an authority that will get on you. That when you pray, you can pray the same things that maybe you've prayed before. Some of you that are believing for things to happen and situations to shift in your children and your parents and you're believing for things and you pray for things in your children, it's not that you're lacking prayer, it's that your prayer is lacking power. And it's not it's not about yelling more, it's not about shouting more. Sometimes that's an emotion the way in which it looks, but it's not always about that, it's about having an authority that when you pray, the power of God is released. And things shift. Things change. And it's the same Word of God. It's just got another level of power on it. So when you pray it over your kids and you declare it over them and you say no weapon, no weapon formed against them is going to prosper. You listen and you say it and you say it and it has on it power. The power. The job done. And when you declare it, you declare it over your home that the enemies may come one way, you may come at me one way. But the word says that when you come one, you're gonna split and be scattered and sent away in seven ways. Amen. The word tells me, and when I believe it and declare it with power on it things start to change that you can pray over the fear and God will put people around you that will help you work through and break the power of the anxiety and there are things that you're walking through from your past that you can through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ you can walk free we've got to do it we've got to do it It's His power I want his power. The power of God is all through the Bible. Elijah had the power of God come upon him. That joker took off running and outran horses. Gideon in Judges, it says the power of God came upon him. He blew a trumpet and all these soldiers gathered around behind him and said, Let's go. What are we doing? That joker moments earlier was so scared. He was hiding. He was not a warrior. He was not a fighter. But when God's power got on him, when the power of God got on him, Peter who launched the church, the same Peter who was too scared before a little girl, he denied Jesus. But then when the power of God got on him and the Holy Spirit took over, that joker became like a raging bull. Didn't care what anybody thought. Listen, you need his power. Right across this room, stand to your feet, raise your hands if you're comfortable doing so. Close your eyes so you're not distracted. If you want it, I'm asking right now that there would be a desire within you for His power, not for your glory, but for His. If you want it, you believe it, I believe in the power of God, And I know that I need it. I know I need it, I need it, I need it. I need it, I need it. I can't get through today without it. I need it, I need it to get done what you've called me to do. I need it to break the stuff off my life that's trying to hold me back. I need it to fulfill the purpose and the dream and the calling. I need it, I need his power. I want you. God, you say in your word that if an earthly father knows how to give good gifts. If an earthly father and his son comes and says, give me bread, we won't give him a stone. Then you go on to say, how much more will our heavenly father give us the Holy Spirit if we just ask? So we're not going to hype nothing because he doesn't need us to. And I ask right now, Lord, that you would anoint your people right now with power. With your power. With your power. Power upon us, Lord God, to live a life of freedom. Power upon us to get the job done that you've called us to do power upon us, Lord God. And I declare it. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free FreeChapelOC.